Hello and welcome back to The Film Degree. My name is Patrick and today we are trying something a little different, not too different, but um, I'm not even sure you guys would notice because I subtly changed the format with every episode on how I do things, but um, the other day I decided to kind of take notes while I watch a movie. I've never done that before. Um, I didn't even know what I was going to be writing or how I was going to format these notes, but I bought a notebook. I bought, I, I have bought so many notebooks in my, did I say boughten? I have bought, <laughs> I have bought so many notebooks in my life because I'm always like, I'm going to journal. I'm going to become Bridget Jones. I'm going to do all that. And I never do. So I just have them laying around, but I still bought a new one. <laughs> um, and I decided to check out the movie, The Eternals, which came out last year, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, because I'm kind of in a superhero mood, I guess. I was in a slasher mood for the longest time while I was doing those Scream episodes and just in general. But then I, okay, so let me rewind it a little bit. I have not been in a movie watching mood lately. I have been like solely seeking out TV shows, which is something I don't usually do. But I think I mentioned on one of the ep past episodes about that app called Serialized. And I'm kind of like obsessed with the idea of it, but I don't have that many shows to like fill up with reviews. So I've been like motivated to watch TV, which I typically don't watch that many series. And I'm just kind of scrolling through the shows because I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep. And I was kind of always curious about that Superman and Lois show that is on the CW right now. And I have watched some of the Arrowverse shows before. I've seen a few seasons of Arrow and I've seen a few seasons of um, The Flash. They, I, I, oh, you know what? I think I did see at least some of the first season of Supergirl, maybe. Um, I've like seen bits and pieces of the other ones, I guess. Um, I don't know if I've seen like a full episodes of all of them, but I know that it is like typically not my cup of tea. I think I was a little, like I liked Arrow when I was in high school a little bit. Uh, I think that's when it was airing like on TV and I would catch some of it and I kind of was watching on Netflix and I was like, oh, this is fun. I, I like superheroes. I've kind of always been a fan of superheroes, but I mean, honestly, they're pretty poorly made. <laughs> you know, I don't want to say that. You know, I'm always someone who says that they don't want to kind of like shit on movies or shows or something on um, this podcast, but those, like the Arrowverse is really not for me. Uh, it definitely has its audience, uh, but I, I'm not part of that audience. I think they are a little too silly, a little too cheap, a little too CW for me. You know, I don't watch that much CW stuff. Actually, I don't watch CW at all. <laughs> I mean, I have in the past. I've seen episodes of Gossip Girl. I've seen a few seasons of uh, Vampire Diaries. And I've seen shows that I think 
like they were on like the UPN or something and then the merger happened. So like, yeah, I mean, I've seen these types of shows. They're typically not for me. Like I've seen Supernatural and whatever. So I, I was never like, um, I've seen Supergirl. So like I thought, oh, Superman's not going to be for me. I don't like Supergirl. I think the show is, it's geared for a person that is not me. So I thought it would be just like that. I thought it would be like flat looking and super cheesy, really bad effects, but kind of heartwarming. And uh, I don't know how else to explain or describe Supergirl, but I was not interested in seeing Superman, but I saw the trailer for it and it did pique my interest a little bit because it looked nothing like those shows. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe Superman and Lois. Um, I've also heard the same things about that show Stargirl, which the only thing I know about that is that Luke Wilson is on that show. So it's kind of like curious because I've seen comments on like social media and stuff where people are like, wow, the CW should be doing their shows like they do Stargirl and Superman and Lois. So it's kind of like, oh, I was like, that kind of piqued my interest. I was interested in like, I was interested in figuring out what everyone was talking about. Superman and Lois is almost like a low budget um, Zack Snyder, I guess. And that's not like, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, clearly it doesn't look like the $200 million Batman versus Superman movie. It is on the CW, but it kind of looks like it could have gotten, gotten away with being on Netflix or HBO. I don't know. Like, the effects are so different from the previous CW shows and they, the, like, the cinematography like, the only way I could describe the other Arrowverse shows is, like, super flat lighting, super manufactured looking, just kind of, um, I, I really don't know how to describe it. I mean, if you know, you know, like, just look up clips of The Flash, okay, <laughs> and then you'll get what I'm trying to say, but, um, this looks like they're really trying to emulate like a cinematic look they have it's I can't I don't remember what aspect ratio it is but it's not the same as the other shows and I don't know it's got like it looks like someone is very influenced by Zack Snyder but they're clearly not Zack Snyder and again I don't mean that is a bad thing I think the show actually looks very good like I am really into how the show looks visually and I'm kind of into the almost wonky effects because they look so good compared to every other show that has ever been on the CW. But it is still like weird in a almost whimsical way, I guess. Like it's super detailed. Everything is so detailed to the point that it looks fake, but it still looks good. I don't know. It looks very comic booky to me and I like that. So anyway, I checked that show out kind of not thinking I would keep watching. I thought I'd watch like one episode, but I was like, okay, you know, that's kind of fun. I liked that. I liked that. Um, it's definitely not great 
by any means, but it is entertaining and I'm kind of into it. I, but I am kind of a Superman fan just because I, I love the show Smallville. I've always loved that show. So yeah, I mean, I gave it a chance and I've just kind of, I've watched like 10 episodes by now. And I think, um, it's fun. I don't know. Like it's nothing deep, although I think it has like really good, like, I, like has very interesting ideas. Like, the family dynamics are actually the most interesting part of the show to me, not the Superman portion, but I think just because the family dynamics in the show remind me so much of my, like, I guess I would say adolescence, because I was kind of an older kid into my teen years with, like, my sister, my relationship with my sister and my parents, and just, um, I guess how I was perceived to the family. I guess, I don't know. I find the show pretty relatable. I like it. Um, I've only seen 10 episodes so far, so I can't like be like, oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, you have to watch it. It's like the greatest show ever. I don't think that, like, honestly, I don't even know if I would recommend it to anybody. I would recommend for people to like check it out just to see how different it is from the Arrowverse stuff. I don't even know if it's in the same universe. Like, no one has crossed over as far as I know. I think they might have referenced something because I know these people were in like this Superman and Lois or at least these actors were in a crossover, I think. But I don't know. I'm not interested in that. If it stays separate, I might continue watching because I'm kind of having a good time. But like, I don't know. I'd give it like a three out of five for sure. Like it's definitely a fun show to just watch. There is some like little aspects that feel super CW that I wish weren't there. And I think they wouldn't be if this show was like maybe 10 episodes tops a season. So there's no weird filler, but yeah, I don't know. I say you should check it out just to see what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I kind of just realized I just gave like a 10 minute review of Superman and Lois, which wasn't the plan. But basically, I was watching that the other day, so I was kind of in a superhero mood. So I decided to watch Eternals. But anyway, before I say anything on Eternals, before I get into that, Superman and Lois, might as well just like check it out. I don't know. It's not like, I mean, don't expect to watch like True Detective or, fuck, I don't know, um, Twin Peaks or something. Well, maybe, no, no. I mean, Twin Peaks is, you know, has its weird quirks. I guess, like, the Superman and Lois show is, like, quirky. I I don't know. Like, some of the fight scenes look really bad, and you can tell that they definitely don't show a lot of them because of, or they kind of, like, cheat to get out of them, I guess, because it's, like, expensive, obviously. But I think with, like, what they're given, they do so well at and it's like kind of, in, I don't know, it's like interesting or what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm just kind of fascinated by the idea that this show is on the CW, which are, isn't the CW like selling or like trying to be bought by some someone else, another network or something. I don't know. I don't know how any of that shit works because I'm really not that into TV, but I'm just kind of semi-shocked that this show's on the CW, but I'm still not like blown away. I'm trying to like 
ease in your expectations or whatever, like lower them a lot. It's nothing like spectacular or groundbreaking, but it's like a fun show. I'm, I kind of want to go back and watch the Lois and Clark Superman show from the nineties with Terry Hatcher, uh, mainly because I like Terry Hatcher from Desperate Housewives. Um, I don't care what the cast of that show thinks about her. I like her in that show. Um, so I kind of want to watch it, but I was such a big Smallville fan. Uh, I still think Tom Welling and Erica Durance are the best Superman and Lois on anything that has ever been produced of Superman and like better than Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Like don't care. I think Tom Welling is like the perfect farm boy Superman and Lois, Erica Durance's Lois is like so snarky and tenacious. I think she's like the perfect balance of it all that they're both the best. And if you want to watch a fun show that's like super, super, super cheesy and kind of lame, but in like the best possible way, check out Smallville. I don't know if it's still on Hulu. I know it was for a little bit and there's 10 seasons of that. I got into that, like, I think like the first day of my freshman year in high school, I bought the the first season on DVD. And then I like watched it all in one sitting. And then I had, it like took me a while to get all 10 seasons eventually because I had no job. (laughs) But Smallville is the best, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about this Lois and this Clark. I can't remember the guy, their names who plays them. The one guy, like guy who plays, um, Superman was in Teen Wolf, I think. Um, I don't think he, he's definitely not my favorite Superman and she's definitely not my favorite Lois. I think she's a little too passive for my taste in Lois Lanes and he is, I don't know. It might be the suit on him that I'm just not a fan of, or maybe he's just like a not bulky enough. I don't know something. I like him, but I don't love him like he's just like oh okay and she's the same but you know it's fun it's got a weird family dynamic with their children and I kind of enjoying watching Superman and Lois Lane be like not the best parents and I don't know that was way longer of an intro in Superman than I had anticipated but I kind of just needed to talk about it because I've been watching it and I don't hate my time while I'm watching it. I don't know if I'm like rushing to continue or finish the season, but I kind of do just so I can like log it onto my serialized app. (laughs) But yeah, check it out. It's weirdly interesting. And I'll end it at that. But anyway, how I opened this when I was like, I'm going to write notes. Um, it was kind of a weird experience doing that because I've never done it. And it kind of became like, because I watch a lot of movies by myself and it was kind of like having, like talking to your friend, except there was no friend there. (laughs) Like you're talking in the middle of the movie. Like that's kind of what it felt like. But also I felt like I was paying attention more and I don't know. I have a problem with paying attention to things. So it was kind of helpful. And I also kind of had fun because I had a lot of um, kind of, um, not nice things to say about this movie. So I guess that is a little spoiler into how I felt about the Eternals, but I want to preface this conversation with this 
point. So I know that The Eternals was, when it came out, I didn't see it in theaters. This was the first time I saw it. I saw it on H, or not HBO Max, Disney Plus. And I know a lot of people, and by people, I mean a lot of straight white men were like throwing fits about how it's shoving an agenda down people's throats and it's like woke trash and blah, 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 blah. I do not want to contribute to that conversation because I don't believe in that conversation. So really, I'm glad I watched this now so that that conversation is over. It's no longer in headlines anymore on social media um, because I don't want people to think that's why I didn't like this movie because I kind of that like none of whatever quote unquote woke shit like none of that changed how I viewed this movie in negative or positive actually it's probably more positive on how I thought about it with them because I found some of the choices interesting I just thought they didn't do anything with it and we'll get to that so I didn't want to contribute to that. So I'm glad I watched it now. And I also want to say that I am not a Marvel hater like a lot of people are. I typically enjoy like every Marvel movie I've ever seen. I think a lot of them are better. Like I think some are better than others, obviously. I think some aren't like amazing, but they're still like perfectly watchable and fun. And I'm still excited about them when they come out. Typically, um, at least I was like pre infinity war and Endgame. Um, I haven't been that obsessed with this phase that they're in. What is this phase four, three? I can't even remember what the number is anymore. It's gotta be more than, I don't know. They're like what? 20 movies in by now. Um, I've seen every single Marvel movie except for Spider-Man No Way Home. I have not seen that one yet because I wasn't going into theaters at times or at that time, but I do want to see that one a lot. Um, but yeah, I just want to say like, I do like Marvel movies. I do think there's an issue with Marvel movies that has been brought up a million times. I'm going to bring it up here and that is I don't I think the Marvel formula is solid and clearly it has worked for so long but I want to emphasize so long because we're in like 20 movies in and a few tv series now and it is getting to be repetitive that I don't know if it's going to keep the magic that it had when it first started going down the line moving forward. Um, you could argue that they're trying to change it with like the Eternals and with some of the TV shows, but I kind of don't agree with that. I think all of them are very Marvel-fied, which I totally get why they have the same feeling. They are a business. They are making a product, basically. Um, and it has worked for them, and it continues to work, and it is one cinematic universe, so they want it to feel the same. Like, fully understand that. But I would like things to change up significantly in the future because it is growing stale for me. 
uh which one so black widow came out i did see that and i did see shang chi i i liked them for them like they were watchable for me they're very middle ground movies um i liked black widow a lot more than i liked shang chi i thought shang chi was kind of messy i guess i don't know it it something i don't know it has been a while since I've seen it. I will probably watch it again at some point, but it was not my favorite. Um, I liked, I think I like the character of Shang-Chi. I'm just, I don't know. The movie wasn't for me. I'm not into the comedic aspects of Marvel as much as I was in the beginning. I think it's sort of become its own style of filmmaking that I'm just not into. Um, I kind of like, like, I like DC movies, I think, more than I like Marvel movies. I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Because I think I like the idea of DC movies more than I like Marvel movies. I think there's been more DC movies that I really thought were not, really, like, really not good. Um... And yes, I'm including the Joker in that. Sorry, but I don't like the fucking Joker. I actually hate the fucking Joker. Um, I thought that movie was a joke. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll probably get hate for that because I know a lot of people like the Joker, but I just, I can't get behind the Joker. I can't get behind Joaquin Phoenix. Sorry, I can't. Um, but I like these like darker, more serious storylines or storylines that feel like they have more weight to them emotionally, like Batman versus Superman. I personally like Batman versus Superman. I know a lot of people don't. Um, but I also have a lot of problems with DC movies. They're very inconsistent. I really don't like Man of Steel like at all. Joss Whedon's Justice League is a joke. Um, as well, it's a joke as well as the Joker, but actually, listen, I think the Joker is like, there's a lot of technical aspects that are good, but I kind of think like the idea behind the film is so, if I felt like, what's his name? I can't, let me, let me look him up real quick. Cause I, I don't, um, I don't want to mess this up, but um, Todd Phillips, that's what I thought. But I feel like Todd Phillips, like while making this movie, was making it for because he thought Joaquin Phoenix was going to get an Oscar for it, which he did. But like, that's what it felt like to me. Like it was such Oscar bait. Like, I feel like there was no thought behind the choices in the movie because he was just like, you know, it'd be really weird, Joaquin drawing like a child or um, laughing at this point. Like it was just like, do the weirdest thing possible so people like are like wow acting does that make sense to anybody else like i felt like there was no deep deepness behind the joker and i thought its commentary was very lazy and i thought its commentary was kind of um what's the word tone deaf i guess like <laughs> i don't know i know the dude bros are like shut the fuck up. It's the greatest movie ever made. Deserved best picture. No, it did not. So that is what I have to say about the fucking Joker. But I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> I I have a lot of mixed feelings on different superhero movies, but I like the darker, 
Um, not even like, I don't even mean like hyper-realistic movies like The Dark Knight or like Batman Begins or whatever. I kind of like over-the-top, um, campy, but still having this um, emotional weight to it. I don't know. I just feel like Marvel doesn't have a emotional weight. And I don't know how to describe that. And I still haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, but I've seen a lot of the spoilers. I've seen a lot of clips. And to me, it kind of doesn't feel like it has it still. I feel like it's trying to play on heartstrings of directors from the past, like Sam Raimi. Um, I don't know. And this one, I thought going into it would be different because Chloe Zhao directed it. I thought it would be a much deeper authentic human look at the superhero genre or something. I don't know. I was expecting something completely different. Uh, I mean, like it is different from other Marvel movies, but I don't think in a good way at all. (laughs) And honestly, I didn't want to go into this podcast episode hating on it. I want to make that clear. Like I wanted to just kind of talk about it and I just so happened to not like it at all. And I, I gave it a one out of five, my lowest rating. It is just not for me in the slightest. And I don't want to be like, oh, you have terrible taste if you don't like it. Like, I think I get why people like it. I think I, I don't know. But before we get into the actual discussion on the Eternals, I do want to say that I think, well, there'll there'll be spoilers, but like really not that in depth, but there will be spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Honestly, I felt like nothing really significant happened in this movie that warrants spoilers. Like, I guess I'm going to like say plot points, but I just felt so detached from this movie that I, I don't know. It's not that crazy to miss. Like, you're not like missing out on a big shock. You're kind of just like, when, when I was watching Eternals, I was kind of just like, oh, that happened. Okay. Now this happened. Okay. Like I had no connection to this whatsoever. And I was, had my full attention on it and I gave it a huge chance and it wasn't for me. So I was just writing while I was watching, writing down little comments, which kind of turned into like bitchy, meaner comments, which I don't want this podcast to be, but maybe I'll read some stuff off. But let's just like, let's just jump into the Eternals. Um, I don't know if there was a point to this movie. Uh, honestly, it's, it doesn't even feel like a movie. It feels like just establishing shot after establishing shot and nothing deeper than that. It was like, wow, that's a pretty opening shot, a wide shot of this field or, um, landscape. Like that's what I was expecting, but I was expecting (laughs) more in it. Like, obviously, you know, it's going to look good in that sense, like blocking and framing of certain landscapes because Chloe Zhao directed it and she directed No Man Land and she was the second woman ever to win an Academy Award for Best Director. So it was kind of a given that we were going to get that, but it was just like that was her one trick pony in this movie, like just establishing shot after establishing shot after establishing shot. And I was just like, okay, let's get to the characters. Oh, we're just going to get a shot of them standing around and they 
don't really do anything for three fucking hours. Like it was, it was weird. And you know, like the movie opens and has like, I don't know, like a prelude or a prologue or whatever you would say, show up on the screen and like words. And they're just like talking about what, like celestials and what was the word? I was about to say degenerates. It's not degenerates. What were they called? Oh my God, what were they called? <laughs> oh my God. Eternals. I'm going on the Wikipedia because I didn't write it down because I was kind of like just reading these words. And I was like, um, okay, what the fuck does any of this mean? Like, it, it, I don't know. It felt like it was just saying words and I was trying to, re I like paused it and reread the paragraph like over and over again. I was just like, I, in one, in, in one ear, out the other. I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Deviants. What did I say? Degenerates? <laughs> anyway, there's like Celestials and Erishem and the word Domo or whatever and Deviants and Eternal. I'm like, what does any of this mean? Honestly, like, I don't know what you're trying to get at, but whatever. Just show me. I, I'm so confused. <sighs> so I guess, I don't know. There's like 10 Eternals or something. Um, and they're sent to earth to kill these deviants because they eat humans or something. And they kind of like, I'm sorry, these deviants looked weak and I don't know. I was just like already off to a start where I was confused. I was like, I don't get the storyline, but then we get the aspect ratio changes so I watched this on Disney Plus and Disney Plus does give you the option to watch the IMAX version or the regular version. I didn't know that was an option before I started watching it, um, but I was watching the IMAX version and I'm sorry, but I fucking hate IMAX after watching this movie because I hate aspect ratio changes like this. I love a good aspect ratio change when used appropriately. Like the best one, which is always on social media, always on Twitter is the aspect ratio change in Hunger Games Catching Fire when Katniss gets into the arena and the screen widens. It's genius. It is so good. It packs such an emotional punch. Just like, it's almost like we are, it's, I don't know, like we're in just as much awe as she is at what she's seeing and it just gets bigger. It's like, I don't know. It's almost like the audience is widening their eyes because they're so shocked at this island on what it looks like and blah, 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 blah. It works so well in the Hunger Games. It packs such a punch. In here, it was like IMAX shot, regular shot, IMAX shot, regular shot, IMAX shot, regular shot, regular shot, IMAX shot, regular shot. It was so weird. And you would think like IMAX, first of all, I don't really understand the reason behind IMAX. You get more screen like, okay, like, I just don't care. Just show me where it all looks uniform, all looks nice, because this would jump back and forth between um, IMAX, like within just a conversational scene. It was so bizarre and jarring that it was just, if you're going to do IMAX, just do the whole fucking thing in IMAX. Just do it like that because this was such a mess. It was such a mess. And you don't have to watch it with the aspect ratio changes, I believe. But I thought that it was so 
poorly done and poorly planned. Like if it was a shot of someone talking, it was regular letterbox around it, black bars, and then it would cut to like a landscape, full IMAX, then cut back to someone, black bars. And then it just kept switching in the middle of conversations. It was awful. I don't know what they were thinking. I know it's more expensive to film an IMAX. I honestly don't even know what IMAX cameras are like. I'm pretty sure they're super loud or something. I don't know. But if you don't want to do the whole thing in it, then don't do it at all because it is so fucking annoying. It is so annoying. It drove me crazy almost the entire time until I was just like, okay, whatever. Clearly it's just going to do this the entire time, but I can't imagine anyone seeing it in IMAX in theaters and not being fucking annoyed. I remember, I um, what was it? Um, Transformers 5, I think, did the same thing and it was so fucking irritating. I couldn't even pay attention to the movie. I, I just hate how unthought out it is between the aspect ratio changes. It is just annoying. It's jarring. Didn't like it. But you know what? You can watch it without those. So I'm not going to deduct that many points from the movie just because of that. But then, you know, action starts in this scene. And I have had a quite the problem with Marvel as of late. Um, I, again, I can't comment on Spider-Man No Way Home because I haven't seen it. But I feel like Marvel is just increasingly using more and more digital body doubles for action sequences and they're becoming lazier and lazier. And you can just tell when it's a CGI person in the air, it looks like a fucking Sims 4 character. It is not great. And Marvel has just kind of been lacking in the visual effects department. You know, maybe that's because they're rushing productions to get everything out and underpaying their, um, VF VFX uh, workers and because I'm pretty sure the VFX departments don't have a union. Um, don't quote me on that because I'm not sure, but um, they underpay and overwork the VFX artists and you can tell. So Marvel, stop fucking doing it, especially because we were in a pandemic and we could have had much more time. Um, I don't think Eternals is too bad, but I thought Shang-Chi and Black Widow were notably not great in that department. And I think the TV shows are notably not great, even though they supposedly have these huge budgets. But here's the thing about the budgets. I am not understanding where these fucking budgets are going. It has to be going to this cast because... There, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars and this is the outcome of what it looks like. Like, I'm just a little, a little confused. Like, how much money is, how much money did Scarlett Johansson get from Black Widow? Now, we know that answer because Disney said it out loud very shadily to try and get her, the lawsuit thrown out and embarrass her. But it's like, all of this money is going to the cast but what about um, the visual side? Because let's stop putting these big name actors in green boxes and having them talk to a wall. It just looks inauthentic when it's edited together. It never looks right. Like there was a scene with, or there was a couple scenes of Selma Hayek acting to clearly nothing because she is in a green screen room. And I, I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, can we just let Salma Hayek act? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, for reals. For realsies. 
it is like you can just tell let's bring back practical effects people let's bring back practical sets as well which I believe Eternals did a lot because obviously it's Chloe Zhao she's not gonna do complete CGI backgrounds but Marvel as a whole you need to get your shit together on that because it's starting to look really shitty but anyway <laughs> I like the first time I noticed the um, CGI people was when Angelina Jolie was fighting, which I will say Angelina Jolie was one of my favorite parts of this movie, even though they gave her virtually nothing to do because Angelina Jolie is an amazing actress and knows what the fuck she's doing. But also when I'm watching this, I'm like, why is Angelina Jolie not doing these action moves? Like we know her to be doing these like she is an action movie star laura croft wanted like she can pull these off so why are we just giving her a digital double that looks like a sims 4 character it's bad it's bad but yeah i don't know i also was not a fan of how the costume costuming looked like i think it looks very marvel which is fine you know whatever even though i think everyone in marvel has the same suit and it's like okay is everyone making your same fucking suit like who is the tailor because you all wear the same costume, even though this one was a little different, but I thought it was a little, it was quite boring compared to the source material, which I know nothing about the source material. I knew nothing about the Eternals. I just went in and looked at the artwork and I was like, wow, this movie looks incredibly fun or this artwork looks so fun. Why is this movie so muted and boring? I like, I'm just not understanding why Chloe Zhao was the choice director for this movie we needed someone who would go over the top and campy with the looks because I don't know, the realism of these characters just doesn't work with the world. I'm sorry, Chloe Zhao. I was gonna say I love you, Chloe Zhao, but honestly, I don't know if I do after the Eternals. I loved you after Nomadland, but we'll see. We'll see. I did not see The Rider, but I am curious to watch it now. And I am curious to see what she does next. But this was such a miss for me. But anyway, back to the look of this movie. I thought for someone who is known for the cinematography and whatnot from Nomadland, why the fuck did everything outside of establishing shots look terrible? <laughs> like it honestly looked like a bowling alley in 2005 just super smoky and hazy and like I felt like I couldn't see anything it was dark I could not tell anything apart there was no deep colors like no blacks or anything it was just so grayish where I was so confused I'm like squinting trying to see some of these action sequences or really just sequences in general it wasn't even just hiding bad CGI with darkness it was just like even random scenes of dialogue was just so gray and hazy that I could not see a thing and I don't know if it was my tv or it was disney plus but like I was so confused I was so confused because I thought it all looked pretty shitty in a lighting standpoint and just like a color correction standpoint and I don't know like honestly those were so distracting to me that I wasn't really paying attention to the compositions of like whatever the blockings whatever the fuck you know what I'm saying like it it definitely caught me off guard the whole the whole look of it I was just so disappointed in the look I I don't know 
I don't know. But let's, I just want to move on from the look. Let's talk about the storyline and the characters. So the storyline was almost incomprehensible. <laughs> it made kind of no sense if you actually think about it, but I guess don't think about it because it was just like, I don't know. Okay. So also I gave my time, I gave myself time. I gave myself a whole day before I was going to talk about it and I have a bad memory. So that's good. While I was, um, that was good with like writing it down. So I remember, but like, I'm trying to remember this movie and it has only been a day, but like everything, I don't know, like the whole, it's like, why are we fighting these deviants? Is that what the word was? I can't even remember anymore because like it's, ba they're basically destroying earth, but also so is the celestials. But I guess the celestials are like eating humans to get stronger and they're birthing more. But it was like, why are we doing that? And if the celestial doesn't come out of earth and destroy it, then what happens to the universe? Does it die? I don't get it. And if it dies, then like, why are we just leaving earth the way it is? Are we just going to die with earth? Like, you know what I mean? It was just so many questions that I was like, um, okay. And their powers are kind of confusing. Like, I don't even know what, um, what the fuck is his name? I don't want to say the gay one, but he's the gay one. <laughs> oh, I wrote his down, his name down somewhere. It was like, Festus or something. Fastus? Did I... Fastos, maybe? I don't know. Like, he tinkered with stuff? <laughs> he was a tinkerer? Like, tinker toys? Like, I don't get it. It was just like, okay, whatever. And there was just so many things that kind of just happened where you're just like, oh, okay. Like, um, all right. Like, Cersei, who... We'll get, I guess we'll get into, but like at the end of the movie, she goes to Sprite and she's like, I now have the power to make you human. What? Where did that come from? How do you know how to do that? How did that even come up that you even have any comprehension of how to do that? Like, it's just like, you just said that. And now it's just like, oh, okay. What? Am I crazy? Or is that weird? It was just... She was just like, wow, I have all your powers now because of the mind or whatever. And I'm, I could make you human. I'm going to make you human. Uh, okay. How are you going to do that? And then she just did it. And we were just like, um, okay. I mean, I guess like her powers, like she was like touching stuff and it would change the material. So I guess, did she like touch that sprite and then was like, I'm changing the material to human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just so, I was kind of over it at that point where I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, don't give a fuck. Um, I'm just going to go with it. You turned her human, whatever. And, you know, that is kind of bringing me into the way these characters are framed in the story where I had literally no emotional connection to anything that happened because it kind of jumped around in weird ways, like back and forth in time, but also like the cast had zero chemistry whatsoever. Like, I don't think any of them actually liked each other. And the whole thing is like, oh, these people, they've been together for centuries and centuries, thousands and thousands of years. And well, really we find out since the beginning of eternity or whatever, whenever they were created and they literally feel like strangers. <laughs> 
like things would happen and I just like did not care because I don't know who these people are. I got no moments to actually understand who these people are as people. It was just like, we're moving on to the next scene or moving to the next scene or moving to the next scene. I had no time or no opportunity to grow any emotional connection to any of these people. They felt so cookie cutter and random and like they literally have never met before. Like honestly, it seemed like they just met on the subway or something. It was so, so weird. And they kind of were like focusing on characters that it was just like, why are we focusing on this? Like, sorry to Gemma Chan, but like, what did she bring to this movie? Like, Cersei is like the lead, I guess, but she has, there was no charisma, no emotional like nothing was pulling on my emotional heartstrings. I guess her storyline was that she was dating Icarus or was with Icarus for centuries. Um, but you couldn't tell because they honestly felt like strangers. And that was her storyline, I guess, when he turned on them. But like she didn't get a moment to react in a um, believable way. It was just kind of like, yeah, he turned on you. Now what? Like, you know, like it was just so everything was so nonchalant. And it was like, this should be such an emotional story, like literally emotional story. And I feel nothing. Like, I don't know who you people are. Like I still, we're two and a half hours into this movie. I still don't know who any of the fuck you are. Literally don't know you. And that kind of brings me to like, what did I say his name was? Fastos, Fastos. So we finally got our like gay representation in a movie, even though Marvel's always like, we got our first gay representation, everybody. We got our first representation. And then Joe Russo in Endgame or something or whatever the Russo, I don't give a fuck which one it was, but they were like, it was an honor to be the first gay character in Marvel, the first gay Disney character, even though they say this every fucking movie and they're never gay. And it was just one of the directors playing someone in a support group who said, I met a man or something, or my boyfriend died or something. Like, that was it. And then they were like patting themselves on the back for doing all this diversity and showing gay people on screen. And they never do that, but they kind of did in here. But also like, why? Why did we do this? Like, I understand why we did it. And I liked it. I actually really liked him. I thought him, Gilgamesh and Athena were the best characters. Um, and his family, he's got a son and a husband. And there was like nothing there at all. Like we didn't use it. There was no emotional baggage with it. Like not even with him being gay, just him having a family. We don't really get any focus on that. Like he doesn't want to destroy earth because his family's on it, but like he never talks about it. He shows no emotion about it. It's just kind of like, eh. Eh. but like when his family is on screen, like I feel the connection, but we didn't get enough of them on screen. Like, I don't know. Like you did this, um, representation. Great. Whatever. This has nothing to do with it. It was more so like, this could have been a straight character in a family and we just got literally nothing from it. It was just nothing. And it's so bizarre because I feel like that is like one of the most human stories in the whole fucking movie. And I feel like that is supposed to be like Chloe Zhao's specialty, but where was it? Where is the material? It is so bizarre. It is so fucking weird. So fucking weird. <sighs> I don't know. Like Sprite, she, it's just like, it's just like, oh yeah, she's in love with Icarus. 
Okay. Now what? Like, they were just kind of like saying things and not really showing it or we're not really, it's not believable. Like, I feel like that is such a, that would be such a traumatic experience to be a stuck in a child's body forever and never experiencing physical touch because you're a fucking child. Um, but not mentally and they didn't do anything with it. They didn't do anything with it. There was no character, anything, no character deep dive into it. There's so much you could have done with it. And they literally did nothing with it. They're just like, yeah, um, she's switching sides because she's in love with him. And now she wants to be a human. Okay. What now? What am I supposed to do with that information? Like, you're not giving me anything. There's nothing special going on here. It's just, it's so, it was so frustrating. And not to mention the actress. I don't even want to, you know, I'm not going to say her name because um, it's not very nice, I guess. <laughs> but I wrote twice in here. Oh, actually, I did write her name in here. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm sorry. That is so mean. Um, the first time I wrote Razzie Award for, I'm just going to say her name, you know, sorry, sorry to Leah McHugh, but I said Razzie Award for Mia McHugh, who plays, or Leah McHugh, who plays Sprite. And then again, towards the end, I also wrote Razzie for Miss Sprite because her the actress who plays her it was just so unbelievable like not I mean her line delivery was unbelievable not in like un unbelievable good but like I just couldn't believe it. I didn't buy anything that she said it was just it stuck out I don't I don't want to be mean I don't want to be mean because she was in a movie and I wasn't and great um I wish I could do that but I can't so she was just like none of the acting really was great. Gemma Chan was a cardboard box. Um, what's his name? I don't even know what the fuck his name is. The guy from there's two from Game of Thrones. Kit Harrington, who it was like, why is Kit Harrington here? He was here in the beginning and he shows up at the end to like set up a sequel. Like, okay. I don't care. I really don't care about that. Let's get to the fucking story. He was so pointless to this movie. Why was he even here? And then Richard Madden, like, okay, he did nothing special. No one did anything special besides, I think, Angelina Jolie, who knocks it out of the park. Um, Brian Tyree Henry. Is that how you say his last, or his, I don't even know how to say his name. And then, I don't want to butcher it, but on IMDb, it says Ma Dong Suk. And, or, but he was credited as Don Lee. Those were the best actors in the entire movie, which isn't shocking. I would also probably put Sama Hayek because she's Sama Hayek, but they don't really give her anything to do. She's in like five minutes of this movie. And that is another huge problem I had with this movie. There's so many characters, but they don't, like, there's not, it, this movie is three hours long and they don't have enough character development at all for, like, they don't have enough time to go into these characters on who they are. I have no idea who these people are still. I watched this entire three hour movie. I don't know who any of these people are. Don't know. Don't care. I think Angelina Jolie sold it and gave what she was able to give with what was given to her. And she's clear. She's the coolest character in the movie. And I think it's a shame that she is 
in this one because I miss Angelina Jolie so much. She's such a fantastic actress, but she's wasted here. Everyone is wasted here. No one gets a shining moment in the movie, like at all. No one sticks out incredibly. It's just kind of like things happen and that's it. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> there was just no drama, no tension, nothing. It was just bland through bland through bland. Like there was, there was nothing. Like nothing was set up effectively to like really make me feel anything. The twists weren't set up effectively. There was no emotional punches. I was like, honestly, just waiting for them to give Angelina and Jolie something to do. Like, and they kept saying like, oh, she's the greatest fighter to ever live. But it was like, really? Because everyone beat her. <laughs> and we also like didn't get to see her fight that much because there wasn't that many action sequences. Like at all. I don't know. I wrote, I want to feel emotional when Faistos leaves his family, but I just don't know who they are. And I feel so detached. Um almost no chemistry in this film. It's so odd. Um, Miles wrote the story just keeps going. End already. <laughs> really boring action. No suspense. What did they put? No. I don't even know what that word is. I have really messy handwriting. Oh, I didn't even talk about Kumail Ninjani, who was my least favorite in the movie, even more than Sprite, and was Kumail a bad actor? No, but his character was so annoying and not in a good way. Um, I also find it weird because there was a whole controversy with Camille doing all of these steroids to get his Marvel body and then they don't show it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's funny. It's kind of fucked up, but they didn't show him shirtless at all. So I was like, what was the point? You just got a massive jawline for what then? You know, like not all of the characters were like Chris Hemsworth style body types, which I actually liked. Um, so why did you do that? And also I hated him being famous for all these years. And he's like, oh, I'm just playing my grandfather and my grandfather's grandfather. And I'm a movie star in all these decades. But then I was thinking like, okay, so do you only like make a few movies like for what, 10 years, every generation, like you don't age at all. So you'd have to start at a, like, you know what, like, does that make sense? Like he was, he's a Bollywood actor and he's in all these movies for generations and generations. No one knows that he ages because he's like, oh, I'm just playing my grandfather, my grandfather's grandfather. But it's like, how does that logistically work? You know, maybe like, I don't want to be too nitpicky, but it was, I was just like, okay, like you're already annoying. And now this makes no sense. Like whatever. And speaking of the Bollywood movie, so they do that scene of the Bollywood dance number, but it is so bland. It is so bland. Like, isn't that the whole thing on Bollywood dance sequences or dance scenes or Bollywood movies in general, like where is the spectacle? Where is the color? Where is the energy? Kumail had no energy whatsoever. And I kind of want to point out, like he's not even Indian. He's Pakistani, which like, I'm not saying, oh, you can't play this character, but I was kind of just like, oh, that's odd, especially in 2021. Like, I feel like that's something the internet is trying to cancel, but 
okay. But like the fact that he did, so he's like not even Indian, but he does this Bollywood scene and it's so boring. Like it doesn't even do it justice. Like, is he honestly the best choice for this movie? Because I don't know, maybe this is a Chloe Zhao thing, but like the dance moves were so lackluster and lack of energy it was just bizarre i felt like this movie was so bizarre because its choices it just i felt like it was doing everything wrong and you know like who am i to say it was wrong but i mean it was just such odd choices and to go back on the where's the spectacle where is this the same thing with literally everything they have all these opportunities to go back in time and they show all these scenes in um the past and what was it like Mesopotamia or something I don't even know if that's right but they were in some I don't know village whatever it was with the walls like they showed like that and it's like that was it looked cool but then every time they else they went back in time it was just like bland and boring and it's just like let's go big go big or go home this movie costs like what million, $300 million. Why are we going so small scale? If you're going to go back in time, let's see the spectacle. Let's see the set pieces. Like what was the cool set pieces in this movie? Literally. None of them were used effectively whatsoever. They were so boring. I got no feel for them. And they, I'm pretty sure they built that one set for, I don't, again, I don't even know if it's Mesopotamia, but like I'm just running with it. I'm pretty sure they built a lot of that practically and it's like they used it for 30 seconds and it was grand and there was like the deep blue colors and the gold and all this. Why are we not showing more of that? Why are we showing these 10 characters who seem like such strangers just standing around? It was just so weird. Weird choices. I... (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm talking in circles at this point just because it was just... I felt nothing, 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 nothing. We get this director who's known for her visuals and her natural light and all these beauty of nature. So why are we not seeing it? It was just like establishing shot of mountain, 10 people talking, establishing shot of mountain, 10 people talking, picture or shot of a tree, people talking. It was just, ugh. And everything looked so bland. It was just so... <laughs> I don't know what to even say. I don't know what to say. I really don't feel like talking about the plot anymore because I don't feel like dissecting the plot because there really isn't a plot. There is nothing. This movie is just a big pile of nothing. I don't really think it adds anything to the MCU. Um, They had this whole opportunity to have all these themes be about like killing God. Like this movie is basically about killing God and they didn't do anything with it. I don't know. Let's throw some blasphemy in here or something like some visuals, religious visuals, something religious symbolism, like something, please. I'm begging you for something. Let's get some people talking. Let's get some controversy or something, please. I'm begging you because Gemma Chan is so boring. She, her aura is beige. Her aura is beige. I'm sorry, Gemma Chan, but your aura is beige. Kumil Johnny. You're just annoying. Get off my fucking screen. Girl who plays Sprite. I'm sorry. You're now human. So get the fuck off my screen. Like, I don't know. I feel like 
I really don't want to be mean. And I feel like my notebook is just a bunch of mean shit. I was writing about it because I was just annoyed. I wanted this movie to be over. And I was so, 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 so incredibly disappointed. There, there's just so many ideas that this could have done and it could have gone big and it just didn't. And I'm, I'm like dumbfounded. Like even the action sequences were like boring. There was no tension. I felt there were no stakes, even though like basically the stakes are it's the end of the world, but that's every Marvel movie. It's, I don't know. I, it was like a mix of artificial and organic, but like even the organic shit looked artificial. It, it was falling into that Marvel formula when I just wish it did something so different. And it's so annoying that, you know, Marvel, I, the one thing I really hate about Marvel is they always pat themselves on the back for their diversity when they like haven't been doing diversity at all, but they just they are always announcing new gay character first time ever. And it's like, how many times is it the first time ever? Okay. How many fucking times are we doing this for the first time ever? How many times is Disney going to do this? We did it with Beauty and the Beast. We did it with Frozen. We did it with fucking Thor Ragnarok. We've done it with all of these movies. And they're like, it's the first time. It's the first time. No, it's not. Been there, done that. So let's just do it more of it. Okay. It's getting on my fucking nerves. But with here, fuck, I don't even know where I was going. I don't know where I was going with that, guys. <laughs> I lost my train of thought because this movie just exhausted me. It exhausted every ounce of my senses. <sighs> oh, I'm sick of... So we finally get one that has, like, actual representation in this movie. And, of course, it's the one that gets trashed by critics and fans for some of them good reasons, some not. And what is this going to tell the executives? Let's go back to our formula of stories about straight white men. No! These movies need to do well so that we get more of them. We need to convince people that we need these types of stories. And we get our a Marvel movie directed by a woman and it's trashed. Same thing happened with Captain Marvel. It's just like, come on, Marvel. Get your shit together for these people because we need to see more of it. Your executives are not going to keep giving chances if these movies suck. Ugh, and I'm sorry. I think there's only three Marvel movies that I truly, truly don't like. And that is um, The Eternals. But I think The Eternals are still better than both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I hate Guardians of the Galaxy. I think those movies are lit so atrociously. I think The whole look of them is so god-awfully ugly. I think the humor is awful. I hate James Gunn. I hate Chris Pratt. I don't like them. I do, I like a lot of the other Marvel movies. I like um, the first Avengers movie. I like all of the Iron Man movies. I like Thor Ragnarok. I like um, Captain America Winter Soldier. I liked WandaVision. Like, I like Marvel. I love superheroes. I like every time I was homesick from school, my dad would always go to the drugstore and buy me some comic books that were just like cheap compilations of comic books or whatever, like a big giant size magazine. And I was obsessed with it. I love, I love the idea of superheroes, but I just think Marvel 
isn't going to be able to hold on to their charm forever. I think it is cracking. And now I don't know. I don't know if the Marvel's hold on society is eternal. But see what I did there? LOL. No. Okay. I don't know. It's just, I'm not excited about Marvel since Endgame. Like post Endgame, I just haven't been feeling it. I don't know. It's not grabbing me like it used to, where it used to be a fun event. I feel like maybe we're just oversaturated. I don't know. I still enjoy Marvel. I still enjoy the world. Um, I probably, I don't know. I want, I just want something new, something big. Um, and then I forgot to even mention when Harry Styles showed up in Eternals, it literally just looked like Harry Styles. I don't know. Like I was not excited. I was like, okay, so Harry Styles looks like Harry Styles. Like honestly, the outfit looked like something he would wear. So ugly. And then that little troll thing who I'm not familiar with the character, but like it, he looked awful. The CGI was horrendous. Everything it set up was horrendous. I'm sorry. I just could not stand Eternals. And I hate to be that person because I want Marvel to give voices to people other than the straight white man that every superhero has been until recently. I would like to see something new, but also I would like to see a new style. I would like to see personality of the director shown. I feel like Marvel doesn't allow their directors to really show their own voice in these movies. They really want everything to be streamlined into one tone. And I think that is starting to hurt it a little bit, but also people don't like change. Um, clearly this was a bit of change, but I want change. So that didn't bother me. It was like, I needed more of a change, but I feel like people who might've seen Eternals was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back to what we're comfortable with. <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all I got to say about Eternals and really the state of Marvel right now. I haven't, again, I haven't seen No Way Home. I really want to see it, even though I was not a fan of the last Spider-Man movie or really the one before it either. I didn't like, so like, this is what I mean about the stakes of Marvel, the emotional punches of Marvel. Everything is just so nonchalant and I need to feel the gravity of the situation. Like DC, I think does that so well and really throughout their entire catalog of movies dating back to Superman. Um, like for example, with Spider-Man, uh, not homecoming far from home, Spider-Man far from home. So the entire world, like half of the population was wiped out five years go by and then everyone comes back and the world looks the same and they're going on a school trip to Italy now what the hell it drove me crazy why is everyone acting like nothing happened the world would be so fucked if that happened and Marvel they they went down that road so I feel like they need to stick with that and they haven't they kind of just mentioned oh yeah the blip um that would be the most traumatic thing to ever happen literally you mourn the death of all these people life is never the same all these people are displaced they're put into different like every the world would be in chaos 
absolute chaos until the end of time, if something like that happened. And then people just show up. And so the people who show up and like nothing's happened, their home is no longer their home. Their, maybe their spouses have moved on to someone else because they died for five years. Like the world would be so fucked. And Marvel just kind of glossed over that. And I just can't stand that. Like, I know it's a comic book world, but I want it to be deeper. I want to feel something. I'm starting to not feel anything. I was feeling it in Endgame. Like, you could tell people were affected. But then once it was, people came back five years later, everyone was like, oh, fun. People are going to be out of jobs. Like, look at how this pandemic has happened. Um... This has been traumatic experience for many people. And this is like not on the same level of something like every half the universe disappearing. <laughs> like, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it other than why are we glossing over things? Let's talk about how awful that would have been. Let's see the effects of it. Let's see how everyone, like people would be homeless. People would be losing family members. Like, Nope, let's go to school and take a trip to Italy. Huh? I, I just couldn't. I could not handle it. It kind of drove me crazy. So, yeah, I need Marvel to do something. I need them to spice it up. And that is what I'm hoping for. So, yeah, I don't even know. I was going to rate the characters on what I liked, who I liked and who I didn't. But, um... Gilgamesh, the gay one, and Anthena were the only ones I liked. <laughs> uh, and I didn't even feel anything for them. I think I really only liked Thena because it was Angelina Jolie and she looked gorgeous and badass because that's just who she is. I really liked the blonde on her. Um, and I'm just realizing I didn't say anything positive about this movie, but honestly, I just don't. I didn't really like anything on it. I thought like, yeah, there were some beautiful shots of landscapes. <laughs> but outside of that, it was, I just wasn't feeling anything. The jokes didn't land. I'm kind of over this kind of style of jokes. Um, I don't know. I feel like this movie is like peak Marvel burnout. But also it just like struggled in a thematic way to bring any weight to these characters to bring. It just didn't bring anything to the table. It was safe when it shouldn't have been. It should have just, I think they should have gone over the top, colorful, crazy costumes, campy. Like if we're going to go cosmic, let's go cosmic people. Let's do it. Hit full throttle and go for it. I really don't understand why Chloe Zhao was chosen for this movie because it just doesn't, her style, her personality, like nothing, it just doesn't fit. I'm sorry, it doesn't fit. Maybe if she did like, um, maybe if she did a Black Widow movie and it was a full on espionage thriller, I could see Chloe Zhao doing an espionage movie, like not superhero, a spy movie. I think I could see that happening if it had a lot of emotional weight to it. But honestly, I don't even know because like I've said this whole time, like this had no, I felt nothing, absolutely nothing. And it, the time went by so slow because I felt nothing. 
So yeah, that's my thoughts. I've said this before. I think I've tried to end this so many times, but I don't know. I'm probably forgetting something, but honestly, this movie went like in one year out the other. I'm glad it was done. I just, no connection whatsoever. I'll check out a sequel if there is one, because I just need to keep up with the story, but I'm not excited for it. And hopefully Marvel punches it up with the energy. I do need to catch up on the Marvel TV shows. I just like, I'm like almost done with Loki. I just never went back to it. So I'll have to get back to that. And I didn't watch um, Hawkeye yet. So I do have to watch that. So if I, or when I get to those, not if, I will. When I get to those, I'll let you know what I think about it. But yeah, superhero movies are in a weird space right now. DC is such a mess right now. I mean, they're always a mess, but they're extra mess. I don't know what they're doing. I'm excited for the new Batman movie because I think that's going to be good. I think what DC needs to do is just scrap everything except for Batman and just go from there. Recast everyone. And yes, I mean Margot Robbie, yes, Gal Gadot, yes, Ezra Miller, all of them. Start from scratch with the new Batman because, I don't know, they just jumped in too deep too early. I just, I needed that world to be set up a little bit, a little bit. But I do like how they do different things and every movie feels different. So I don't know, maybe not reset it. Maybe just keep going with whatever wild, crazy thing they can come up with next. I don't care. I'm down for the ride. I like superhero movies, so... Yeah. I don't know what's coming next on the podcast. Um, I do like this note-taking tactic and talking about movies. I don't know. I'm not sure if I like the more research-based episodes where I write a whole script out and do this, or I'm just talking about a movie. Um, maybe I'll just, I don't know. I'll keep, I'll keep going back and forth on it and I'll see what I like. I do like writing notes in a movie. Maybe I'll keep doing that. I don't know. I feel like my thoughts are so everywhere and jumbled that maybe they're not enjoyable. I don't know. So I'm still trying to get my, my foot in, but I do want to go back to best picture winners. I might not do them in order and just pick and choose what I want to do. I might do, I don't know. I don't know. If you have any suggestions on what I should talk about next, or if you want to write your feelings down, I can talk about your feelings on the next episode. Um, send me a message on film.degree at Instagram. Um, I don't know where to go with this podcast. I've been feeling down about it, but I've been saying this all the time. So you people are probably like, shut up already. Just make the fucking podcast. But let me know if you like more structured episodes where I talk about the making of a movie and the background story on it, or if you like me just kind of rambling about movies or about my life or whatever, because I don't know, I didn't even really talk about my life in this episode, but yeah. Thank you for listening. If you listen, follow me on Instagram. Like I've said every fucking time, um, write a nice review on Apple podcasts because I, again, I know you fucking people are listening. I see the analytics. So write me something nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And I, you'll hear from me again in my loud mouth when I choose the next movie to talk about. Bye.